Welcome to the Build Your Legal Business podcast, the place for lawyers who want to scale without burning out. I am Hannah Becko, your self-employed lawyer coach, by your side as you create the practice you dream of, reduce your working hours and change the Fiona mindset to successful lawyerpreneur. Enjoy the episode. This week's episode is sponsored by my new workshop, Essential Skills for Consultant Solicitors. If you'd like to find out more about the workshop, please visit consultantskillsworkshop.eventbrite.co.uk. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this episode, which is all about confidence and more specifically about our confidence as self-employed lawyers, freelance lawyers, etc., to generate our own work, which in effect is how much confidence we have in our business and whether our business is going to be successful or not. And the idea for this um, episode came from a LinkedIn conversation with a legal recruiter who talked about the increase in the number of freelance, self-employed, consultant-type solicitors, but that one of the things he was seeing that hindered people who were considering this way of working was a lack of confidence in their ability to generate work, Um, as I say, which therefore translates into income and whether or not they could actually make this business work for themselves and effectively replace their former salary. So what I wanted to have a look at in today's episode is why does confidence matter? Now, I'm sure we're going to touch on it, but we're not going to talk about confidence in the the big wider sense of lawyers and confidence, because believe it or not, although lawyers may come across as extremely confident, um, there are many personality traits that mean some of that is a little bit for show and some of that confidence is not, um, not a deep confidence, as I would call it. Um, I I, I talk in in my book about the difference between inner confidence and outer confidence. And a lot of what we see, perhaps some of the bravado, is what I would call outer confidence, which is more a show that is put on for others, which can sometimes indicate quite a lack of confidence. Whereas inner confidence is much quieter, but it's much deeper. It's really there. So that, that's my sort of view, if you like, in a nutshell on confidence in the legal profession, which, which we may talk about more in another episode. But specifically today, I want to look at why confidence matters in the context of getting in work and in the context of people who are either thinking about this way of working or perhaps they're new to it or perhaps they're having a bit of a crisis of confidence. You know, they might have been doing it for six months, 12 months, 18 months, maybe longer. But for one reason or another, they're facing a point of a crisis of confidence. So I would hope that this episode will be useful for you. So why does confidence matter? Um, And what could you do to be a little bit more confident? So I want to touch on those two things in today's episode. So first of all, why does confidence matter? Well, to put it very simply, For some people, without that confidence in their ability to generate work and to generate income, they may not take the leap from an employed position 
to a self-employed position, effectively starting their own business without having that confidence that they can make it work. They won't do it. So therefore, it's absolutely key. It's it's really vital. But there was an there's another point that I'd like to make as well about why I believe as a self-employed person, having run my business for years and second business as well, why I believe confidence is even more important than just getting started. It's to keep you going. When you have maybe months or quite a long period of time where you feel the business is not going the way that you want it to, um, it can make everything else more difficult. If you're worried about work coming in, if you're worried about income coming in, if you're worried about bills going out, effectively, you're worried about how much you're going to have left over at the end of the month. Are you able to pay your mortgage, meet your commitments, do whatever it is that you want to do with your life? If you start to worry that those things are not in place, then your confidence can start to slip. And that confidence is not just in your money making abilities, if you like, but you can start to lose confidence in your abilities within your business as well. So I often say to clients that taking some steps to help them increase their confidence is so vital, not just for their business growth, but for their mindset at that time in their business. Because, yes, we want to grow people's business, their income, but also we want them to keep going with their business. We don't want them to feel that it's something that they can't do any longer. Um, and, and a crisis of confidence can can do that. So that's another reason why I think having enough confidence to do this is really, really important. So looking at, I suppose, the, the much more important question of how do we go about getting some more confidence? If a move like this is something that we really want to make, now there could be lots of reasons for that, and I'm sure we can explore that in another episode. You know, reasons like I bill a lot, but I only see about 25 to 30% of what I bill. And if I became self-employed, I'd be able to see a much higher percentage of that. Maybe it's about flexibility of where you work and when you work, the clients you work with. Maybe those are the reasons you want to be self-employed. There's lots of reasons for it. But if you've come to that decision or it's something that's on your mind and it's something you want to do, but you are struggling to gather that confidence to make the step forward, then hopefully this will be useful for you. It's exactly the conversation I was having with someone recently who, you know, when she told me about her practice, about how she gets her work now, the sorts of work that she's bringing in and what she's billing, you know, she would be brilliant as a self-employed consultant but she has these big fears that what if I don't bill as much as I did before what if I don't make as much money as I do on my current salary what if I can't pay the mortgage and look after my family and keep the roof over my head you know these are very real fears that people face because don't forget as lawyers, we tend to be a little bit more risk averse. It tends to be part of our, um, it's the nature of our job to look for problems, to look for issues and to, to try and find the solutions. But that means that when we're making decisions about our career, our life, our businesses, we can fall into that trap of approaching everything as if it's a problem of looking for the issues. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be realistic. Of course, we should. But we sometimes need to check in whether we're being not just realistic, but really um, scaring ourselves, if you like. Because I say when I when I evaluated this lady's particular business with her, 
she stands a far better chance than many people I see who leave employment and become self-employed of making this work for her and her family. But she has to get through this process of building up enough confidence around her ability to generate work. So how can we go about doing that? And I've got a few suggestions for you here. And this is about um, so let's use the example if you haven't yet made the move from an employed position to a self-employed one, but applies equally, I think. Look at the things that you do really well. Look for things like client testimonials, colleague testimonials, your reports at your reviews, things like that. Look for all the evidence. We're lawyers. We deal in evidence. Look for the evidence you can find that you're good at what you do, you're good at servicing your clients, and you're good at getting repeat work from those clients. Look for that evidence, because that evidence will help you counteract that little voice in your head that is saying that you don't feel confident enough to make this move. So look for testimonials, positive feedback. Look at your track record. You know, again, this is about evidence. And sometimes you might need to have a conversation with somebody else because we don't always see what we're good at. We can be very self-deprecating. Again, people might be surprised about that, about lawyers, but it is the truth. We don't often see our own successes. And so have a look at the client relationships you've won, the business you've brought in, how much of what you build, you know, A, how much did you build in the last few years and how much of what you build did you bring in? Were you responsible for, you know, and what other opportunities have you seen that you know there are, but perhaps you've not been in a position to exploit yet? You know, have a look at your track record. Have a look about how things have been for the last one, two or three years, for example. And then the next step, which is always one of my favorites for anything to do with confidence, might be imposter syndrome, all those little things that are connected and that stop us or can stop us. My favorite tip for people is to take action. And this doesn't have to be huge, massive action. It can be small steps in the right direction, because for me, the best way to combat lack of confidence, imposter syndrome, is to take those little steps forward to help you increase your confidence. So that action might look like producing a business plan. And there'll be another episode where we talk in more depth about a business plan that you could use. And I'll give you a, a model example. So it might be putting together a business plan. It might be a case of gathering this evidence that I've mentioned together, you know, putting your testimonials together, your feedback together. Have a look at your contacts. Who have you got in your contact list? When were you last in touch with them? When did they last instruct you? You know, how much work have you been bringing in and generating yourself? How much business development activities have you been doing? And what ideas have you got for those things? You know, put this together, if you like, as a bit of a, it could be a business plan, a portfolio, something like that. Put this together for your purposes. You know, maybe you're going to join um, a dispersed model firm and they're looking for something like that. Perhaps they are, perhaps they're not. But this is for your benefit to help increase your confidence. So maybe one of your action steps is to gather all that evidence together and put it together in the form of a business plan or something like that. Another great way to take action when we're worried about generating more work and more income within our business is to have a real think about business development and to get strategic and to get consistent with our business development. We will be talking a lot about business development in this podcast. 
um, and, and I'll provide some trainings as well. I'll provide some guest experts. We'll be talking about it generally in terms of why we don't do it and, and what we can do all those sorts of things. And I'd love to hear from you as well on those topics. But what I'm talking about here in terms of taking action is what action can you take that's going to help you to support this generation of of income, generation of fees? So that might be um, keeping in touch with referrers. If you're, for example, family, private clients, something like that, that relies on referrals from perhaps accountant firms, something like that. If you're a property litigator and you rely on referrals from perhaps surveyors or architects or high street firms who don't deal with the sort of work that you do and therefore they refer it to you, you know, who are your referrers? So again, as part of your evidence gathering, you're going to have a look at who your existing ones are and who you get a lot of work from. So one action step here might be to make sure that you're as close to them as possible. Have you spoken to them recently? Have you invited them, whether it's for a Zoom coffee or a real in life, um, in, in life person coffee? Do you send them a card at Christmas? you know these sort of things are you making sure that your referrers are as close to you as possible are you looking at who your potential referrers might be and then you know looking at them on LinkedIn I'll use the you know I can use the term stalking them stalk them on LinkedIn have a look around and see who they are who the contacts within that referral agency might be who is it that you might want to get connected with we're going to talk a lot more about how, you know, how we can use LinkedIn for its absolute maximum benefit in the future. But for now, it might just be an action step of sort of doing a bit of market mapping, if you like, to see who it is that you want to have in your referral network and start making some gentle um, connections with those people. So that's referrers as well. It might be potential clients. Again, you can look at market mapping for who your potential clients are, who you really want to be working with. Do you already have contacts within those organizations or do you need to start making contacts within those organizations? Some other action that you can take on the business development front might be to become more visible. Now, you may still be in an employed role, so you may have to be a little bit strategic about this and think about how you go about it. And again, I'm always happy to have a conversation with anybody about what they might do but you know maybe you start writing more articles or blog posts maybe you record some videos there's lots of different ways that we can share our content and share our knowledge now but even if you just want to make some tentative steps forward to start increasing your profile increasing your visibility so that the building blocks are there for you to increase your business development activity in the future. I think it's always brilliant for lawyers of any level to have literally a foundational level of business development going on. Maybe you say, I'll spend five or 10 minutes a day on LinkedIn, making a couple of new connections, touching base with people I might not have spoken to for a while, seeing what my contacts have shared and whether I can usefully comment on what they've shared and and maybe just making a list of the sorts of topics that you could talk about whether it's in a blog post an article a video whatever it is 
different media suits different people but start to think about the sorts of topics that you are the expert in or that you have an opinion on a strong opinion on and therefore when you share it it's going to sound different perhaps to the way that other people share it because you really have something that you're passionate about to share about that topic you know maybe at this stage you just start thinking about making a list of those topics maybe you take the step further and actually write something about it or record something about it but for a foundational level of business development, which is what I would always encourage you to have, regardless of what your plan for the future is, have a minimum amount of time that you say, I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to do it regularly. So maybe it's 10 minutes twice a week. You know, you don't need to start on a massive scale. Let's start small, but be consistent and go on there. And if you're just dipping your toe in the water, see what other people are doing and what you can support. And as you get a bit braver, perhaps start thinking about what you could share to start letting people know who you are, what you're about, what's important to you, what you're an expert in. Because all of this, it will not result in work tomorrow. You know, it is not going to be that quick a turnaround, although it's not impossible, but it's probably highly unlikely. You do need to think about this as playing the long game. But I am a huge believer that taking these action steps helps you to feel more confident, because when we are lacking in confidence, the worst feeling is that we're out of control, that we can't take control of it somehow, that it's outside us, it's happening to us. Whereas when we take these action steps, we are taking control. We're in control of our business development. We're in control of our brand and our visibility and what we say out there to our potential clients. We're in control of it. And that helps to then quash any of these feelings that we don't have enough confidence to take the steps that we want to take. So I hope that was interesting for you and a little bit thought provoking about where confidence levels can impact our business generation, our income generation, and how we can take this back under our control and take some steps forward to help ourselves build this business if that's what we want to do. So I'm always here, as I say, to discuss it with you. If you want to have a little mini audit of where you're up to now, whether it's with your brand, your visibility, your business development, your contacts, your pipeline, you know, let's have a chat. Let's see where you are now. And let's see what tweaks, what changes, what improvements you could make so that you feel as confident as possible about your ability to generate work. See you again soon.